0: Do you have an online course, but wish more people would go through it? Or are you thinking, oh, it'd be so awesome to have some passive income by having a course online? Then this episode is for you. You're listening to the Dynamic Women podcast. Each week, you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. He's your host, award-winning coach and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Rolston. Hello, lovely Dynamic Women, and welcome to the Dynamic Women podcast. I am Diane Rolston, your host. And today we have like the queen of online courses, creating them, selling them. The lovely Tara Bryan. Hey, Tara. Hello. Hi. (laughs) So great having me. Yeah, it's so great to have you here. This is a topic that I love, and I know that it's something that entrepreneurs need if they want to start to leverage their time better. So, thank you for being here. Let me dive into your bio first, because I think it's important that people know kind of where you've come from and what kind of qualifies you as a dynamic woman expert to be here today. So Tara Bryan teaches people like you how to create raving fans and lifelong customers through creating and selling online course experiences. And I want everyone to just click in here, experiences. That's a key word here. With over 20 years of experience in the online course experience design and build space, Tara has been honored to work with some of the largest brands in the US to create hundreds of courses that have helped businesses succeed and grow. She has consulted with companies on everything from onboarding to leadership development and has been able to help her clients get massive results for their employees and their customers. So now she focuses focuses on helping entrepreneurs, small business owners, coaches, and consultants just like you to create sticky and real results-based online course experiences to grow and scale their business more than they could with traditional online one-on-one services. So good. So much in there I want to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) But first, I just want to find out, Tara, like how did you go from what you did before in corporate and jump into running your own business? Because a lot of the listeners... They are business owners or they desire to be business owners. Mm-hmm. So what, what kind of got you into that, that entrepreneurship space?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So honestly, worked in corporate, loved what I did, had a huge passion for helping my customers, my internal customers. Mm-hmm. and um, But I also sort of had this dream that I was going to start my own business and I was going to be able to help more companies than just the one that I was working for. So it's always kind of in the back of my head, but I didn't really know how, right? I, I never really learned business. I never really learned how to become mm-hmm. an entrepreneur at that time. It was just, you know, take the traditional career path and do this and do that. But I kind of always just had that little that little spark of wanting to do something else yeah. um, or take it kind of to the next level. And uh, it, And like most people, I had an expertise. I had something I was super passionate about. I loved what I did. And um and that's where I really started was I hmm. said, okay, well, how do I take what I'm doing and go on the road and kind of do it a little bit differently than the way that that I do showing up in corporate? Yeah. I will be honest, I had a little bit of that sort of the free spirit, I want to be my own boss kind of thing too, along <laughs> yeah. with that. Get me out of here. <laughs> um and <laughs> a little bit of fire in that direction, but really it was, you know, how do I make a bigger impact? How do I get out kind of in the world a little bit differently? And so I I took a six month project, uh, which was sort of my safety Hmm. net to go from my cushy, like really secure job to jumping off the cliff and being like, well, I don't know what I'm, you know, I don't know how I'm going to monetize this, but I just know that I have a passion. I have some skills and I'm really excited about moving forward. And so like all risk averse entrepreneurs, I was like, so how do I make this happen? Will I take a six month gig? And interestingly enough, part of Part of that journey for me was I took the project and it was, it was great. It it allowed me to sort of get a sense for what does it look like in a different company? How do I set up some systems and some ways of working that, that helped me kind of now move forward and have, uh, you know, different, different clients, not just kind of the one project that I was moving on. But the interesting part about the journey is I gave my notice at my corporate job and then found out I was pregnant. And so I went, Oh, well, that's interesting The the ball is already, you know, in motion and I've already, you know, quit and I'm moving forward. And, um, thank goodness, because I I don't think that if I would have known I was pregnant at the time that I did quit my job, I would have gone ahead and done it, but it was a blessing because it pushed me off the cliff. And then I had two babies. Yeah. I had two babies. I had the, you know, an infant and then I had a new business, which was all sorts of fun, but definitely shaped how I started, started the business at the time. Um, And then sort of the second piece of that is during that six months, one of the things that I found was so interesting is I thought it was going to be this magical, you know, I think we all kind of think it's going to be this magical experience when you start your own business and it's, you know, it's all going to be rainbows and butterflies. And I realized that like literally part of the time that they were paying me was just to be sitting in the chair and like, they're like, well, we don't really have anything for you to do yet. So if you could just like, you know, staple these things and make some copies, or just like sit here and hang out, so we can pay. And I was like, what? I did not leave my job for this. This is crazy business. And so it like those two events, I think, really shaped the way that I started to yeah. build my agency. Um, and then took it and from there built an built an actual agency after I took those baby little baby steps. Um, <laughs> and uh, and that's how I got started. And uh, and then went into freelancing and then kind of building the business from there as we as we got bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was my corporate my corporate to agency story in terms of how I did that.
0: What I love about it is that there's probably a listener out there that's like, oh, I have this desire to be my own boss and. And I want to help more people. And I want to do my business my own way. I've got this little urge to do it. And you listen to the urge. And not everyone listens to the urge. You know, I have clients who I've met 10 years after they had an urge, and they're like, finally, I'm going to do this, or I got fired. So now I can do this. But you left a very successful position and dove in. But you also had that, that bigger project to kind of move, move through without taking a full leap into the abyss. At least you had a bit Mm -hmm. of a paycheck. So that's a smart, a smart way to do it. Other people might take a bridge job, which actually isn't connected to their business and other people just dive right in. So I Mm -hmm. like hearing your approach to it because it gives people another option. Mm -hmm. So you realized in this six month project that you're like, "Mm, this isn't really for me either. And I'm going to start working with people. So what were some of the first products or services that you offered when when you really went on your own?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so it's all been around online learning. So mm-hmm. I was a learning consultant, I I was a learning manager, I did, you know, enterprise wide projects at, at a large corporation, it, it, because it was my passion, and I just loved what I what I was doing. And then the project I took wasn't it was an e learning project an online learning project. And then, you know, I, so I stayed in the same expertise, but I added layers of how do I want to do it? And I think that the mm-hmm. the that bridge between the six months was okay, this is what I know about how it works here. And this is what I feel like I could bring to the table for a bri- broader range of clients. How do I learn my systems? How do I find my voice within? kind of defining this on my own. Yeah. And that's sort of what that six months was. That's why I said, like, I was like, wait a minute, why are you paying me to sit here? No, no, I'm not coming to your office unless I have something to do. And then and then that morphed into, well, no, you're not actually paying me by the hour, you're paying me by a project, right? So I was able to sort of find right. the, the balance with yeah. all of that in terms of how did I want to do it? Because now I get to make the rules. Like I wanted to make the rules back when I was at corporate, but I it was confined within that that their rules. So I'm like, and then this project was, they still had sort of these rules. And I was like, okay, so what happens when I get to make the rules? And I needed that transition point, right? Like I just needed to kind of learn myself Mm -hmm. what what rules I wanted to have. And then from there, I was able to take on, I think at that point, I probably moved to four or five clients at the same time because I went from the the sort of mindset of um, people value me for the time that I'm, you know, working with them or in their, you know, kind of face to face to here's the value that I bring to the table in an outcome. Yeah. And so I went from one to, you know, four and then was able to grow and scale from there. But I had to make that shift because otherwise you're spending Uh full time you're you go from a full-time job to a full-time contract to, well, now I have to fill that that hole for the full time. I better just sit at somebody's office. And that's not actually where you're providing value. I mean, everybody intuitively knows that, but but I think that so that was the big transition. I think for me is just finding my voice yeah. with it, and that allowed me to not to, to hit the ground running really and know how I wanted to do it. So the 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 service and the product that I cre- create, my team creates, hasn't really changed. It's evolved based mm-hmm. on you know more systems and you know more clarity and how we can help people at scale. But my passion actually has been the same. Mm. I love helping people learn how to get results. Yeah, in the fastest That's, way possible.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I'm all about efficiency. So I'm glad you said that. Uh, <laughs> but it's the passion, you kept following the passion. And you were able to go from a job to packaging your expertise so that people the masses could buy it. How do you suggest mm-hmm. other people look to package their expertise? Because they might be like, mm, I do this service or I I teach this thing, but how do I actually package it in a way that people will buy it? So what are your tips on that?
1: Yeah, so the the advice that I always give people is look for the clues of how you do it differently than other people
0: <sighs> and
1: And so so you and I may both do the same thing. we both we both may be experts in this one thing, but there are things about the way that you show up that the way that you help people, either naturally or because of your experience that are different than somebody else doing it.
0: Hmm. And
1: so one of the best ways to kind of figure out what your unique sort sort of the unique way that you show up in the world is to push against other people who are doing things similar, not copy them, right? But pushing it, like, why do, what do I feel about this? It's a little bit different. How, how, you know, Mm -hmm. what do I like about that? And what's a little bit different in my approach and how I do that. Then once you've done that and you kind of establish, well, I have a unique methodology for how I teach this, right? Like there are a million people who are teaching online courses. I have a unique way of doing that, but you have to find that within sort of the pattern of what everybody's doing. You have to find your unique, lens because nobody yeah. wants to have the same cookie cutter solutions. Two yeah. things, but there's really a, a framework that yeah. that yeah. is in every industry. Every industry has sort of the rules of engagement. You don't want to go and say, well, I'm going to use different rules of engagement. You use the rules of engagement, but you say, how do I show up? How do I teach it? What's my unique way that I make things happen that I can help other people have the fastest path to results because I'm qualified to give that to them. So that's the very first thing that I tell people Then the second thing is define your framework, like define the path. How do you help people go from here to here? And then what's the path that you take them on? I guarantee it's different than someone else. I'll give you, I'll give you actually a quick story. I'm working with two clients right now. Both of them have the same topic. It's fascinating. I'm like, how did this happen? I have no idea.
0: Yeah. Both of
1: them have the same topic. They serve a different customer. And so you would think that their paths would be exactly the same because they're teaching exactly the same starting point and outcome and the path that they get there. But the way that they're teaching it is slightly different. So the path is similar. Like there's an order to how yeah, you, yeah. somebody goes from point A to point B, but the way they're teaching it is different. And the, the approach that they're using is different. And they're they're serving different people. And so the the voice that they're using, the examples... The, yes. how they're bringing that person into the experience is totally different because they're different avatars. And mm-hmm. so that's why two people can exist in the same space with the same topic and both be
0: successful. Hmm. So key thing is first to be able to package your expertise is to look at how you differ from others and the kind of unique special sauce that you have mm-hmm. that has you stand out. And so listeners, I hope you're writing this down and then can it's I not just make this- a quick
1: clarification point around yeah. that? Because I think that as you're summarizing that, there's like one key thing is yeah. that most people who are starting in online courses are starting to package their expertise, think that people are coming to them for their information and for their knowledge. Yes. And the, the challenge with that is there's this thing called Google. Like right? like they can go to Google yes, and get all of can. that information. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not about, cause that's the other thing. Well, why would people pay me? They could just go watch a YouTube video or they could True. just go to Google. True. It's not about the information. It's how you bring your special sauce. It's how you package it in a way that helps somebody become successful faster than going, going out and going yeah. down the rabbit hole of all the things. So I just want to clarify that because I yes. think that's a super important piece is, You have to push against other people to find what your secret sauce is, but it's never going to be just you giving information.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very true. But it also takes time and reflection and sometimes bringing someone else in like you and your team to be able to Mm -hmm. see what the difference is. Because Mm -hmm. when we're so it's, I love the Les Brown quote, right? When you're in the frame, you can't see the picture. And so Mm -hmm. you sometimes need someone else to look into your business and to say, actually, now I see your special thing is this. Yep. And then hundred percent. Oh, great. And then creating that framework around it and being able to really make that your own brand it to your company. Those are two really great tips. Now, a lot of people do online courses and a lot of people do in-person courses. Mm-hmm. So what has the whole, like, what has you believing in online courses? Maybe more so than let's get in a room and let's learn something. Yes, which is,
1: this is my favorite topic to talk about <laughs> because it's all online for me all day, every day. And here's why there's a couple different things from, from the business owner's perspective. It is an amazing way to leverage your time and expertise and have sure. people be able to experience what you have to offer in a way that's scalable for you. You mm-hmm. cannot, I, I don't care who you are. You cannot go and do classroom or in-person training 365 days of the year. Yep. But you can package your course, package your expertise and put it out there so somebody can consume it 365 days of the year and they are super happy and you are super happy. So from your perspective, sure. it is a really solid way. To either use it as a way to grow your business, right? So you could use it on a front end to help people get started, give them kind of the basics, and then you ascend them to something that's more one-on-one or um, yeah. you know something that's more group, where you're you're kind of giving them all the basics. One yeah. of the things that that I'm very passionate about is: Have you ever seen the movie Fifty First Dates?
0: Yes. A Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And they okay. just had it when I got my nails done, they had it playing in there the other day. So I got a oh, refresher. We'll see, that's
1: perfect. <laughs> so here's the thing is most often as p- small business owners, or even I don't care. I mean, you could be a, a six, seven figure business owner. One of the biggest areas that people struggle in terms of profitability is repeating like recreating the wheel every single time, repeating yourself every single time. Like mm-hmm. how many clients have you had? One-on-one clients, or even if you're doing a classroom training, you're literally like it, you're just repeating the same thing over and over again. If you could package that, then mm-hmm. you're able to add efficiencies. You're able to, you know, make the the time that you have count, right? Even if it's just like, here are the basics, go do this so then I can answer really juicy, wonderful questions. And help solve really awesome problems because you've already had kind of this piece here. And so it leverages your time. So that's on the on the actual business owner, you know, kind of course creator standpoint yeah, yeah. of things is, and, and, you know, I could go on for days of all the benefits and how wonderful it is, but <laughs> Diane is like going to cut me off. So I can't do that So <laughs> on the other side yeah. is from the learner's perspective. Yeah. And here's the thing is that people want to learn when they need it. They do not want to learn when they don't need it. Right. And they don't want to be forced to be in a room, have like, you know, so say it's like three days of training and you only use like a slice of that training at that time, because you need the rest, you you know, you need to apply it later on. Online mm-hmm. learning is fabulous because it, it allows people to, to learn and take action and learn and take action on their own time. It sure, doesn't sure. have to be on your time. It doesn't have to be you know, they don't have to, you know, they can go through it whenever it makes sense for them. So at the core, just like from a basic learner perspective, it's an amazing way for people to be able to, to get what they need when they need it.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And so that's just at the core. I mean, again, like I can go on for days of why it's so beneficial, but, but when you, when you're able to give somebody an experience of a, like the fastest path to get from point A to point B in a way that they can consume it. Whatever that looks like for you online is that then they're able to become successful. They're able to get to that goal so much faster. And, you know, everybody's a little bit different. I may go through an entire course and get everything that I need in, you know, a day's time, Yes, right? I may go through it all and I'm good and then I can move on. You may want to go through that same course slower, Yes. because you want to take more notes. You want to apply it. You want to think about this piece and reflect and connect with other people and do this, do this part and then move forward. The beauty of you packaging your expertise is that you get to show up for them when they need it. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite stories is when I first got started. So what's funny is I've been building online courses, you know, since I was an infant. Um, Of course, right. Um, even before there were computers, but, but I've been doing this forever. And I had that moment that everybody starts to have when they've built an online course, but I I was at a conference and this man came up to me and he's like, oh my gosh, what you taught me this morning changed my business. I was able to apply it Mm -hmm. right away. I like literally just made a huge sale, blah, blah, blah. You made such an impact on me. Thank you so much. And I said, I didn't talk to you this morning. And he's like, oh, 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 you're right. You're right. I watched your video in your training class that you had this morning. And it made such an impact to me. And I went, he didn't even think about the fact that he was not with me live. It, it, it didn't matter because for him, he's still having a relationship with me, even if we are not live face to face. Yeah. And, and that was like such a powerful moment because I was like, this isn't about me and having to show up face to face with people. Like I can do that all day long. If I want to, this is about the impact that I make for my students to allow them to become successful. And I can do that Mm
0: -hmm. as a virtual version of myself. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners, are you catching on here? If you are a business owner, it's not about you it's about the result for your client. And I can see that when you focus on that, it, it just, it can have such great results. And uh, a couple of things that just made, that I thought of when you were talking about people going through things at their own pace, it also is what your client came to you, all the knowledge they already came to you with. And Mm I, and (laughs) for, Sometimes when I go and trainers are speak very slow, it drives me nuts. And mm-hmm. if it's very technical and I don't understand, I want them to speak at that slow pace. But I was watching something last night, a course, an online course I was watching. I watched it at two speed, double speed, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the person talks slow and the content was so detailed and basic that... that and, and if sometimes when I go to the first in-person thing or it's live online and I know that the trainer is like this, I actually will leave and yeah, I will and wait until the, the recording comes up and, mm-hmm. and watch it one and a half speed or two speed yeah. because that's, and, and I love giving that option to the clients. However, mm-hmm. it is a well-known fact that not every client will finish a course, mm-hmm. right? And how 97% I,
1: of people actually do not finish a course.
0: Okay. So that's bad for many reasons, retention, one of them. So can you tell us like, how do you help your clients or how do you suggest my listeners Mm -hmm. solve that problem? Because people won't buy something else from you if they don't have a result.
1: hundred percent. Yeah, it's one of the biggest issues that people have when they build online courses is that they expect that everybody's gonna just automatically get results. Mm. And what happens in reality is that people start and they're really excited and they finish, if they finish. Only three percent finish. If they finish, they're super excited. But yeah. guess what happens? Like when they actually they are, are going good. through the process, right? Yeah. yeah, we call it we call it control the dip because it's like, oh, I have to learn. Oh, I have to do the work. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. this is this is hard. I have to expend too many brain calories yeah. because learning is not a passive activity, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to actually get results, you have to actually do something. You can't just. It doesn't happen by osmosis, and I think that that's the. The challenge that we have as course creators, it's a challenge we have as consumers of, of courses because, you know, I don't know, maybe you guys have experienced this in the past, but have you ever bought a book and, and you don't actually read the book, but because you have the book, you feel like you've solved the problem, right? You're like,
0: oh, this like is a chapter. And I'm like, I yeah. know, that.
1: I know, <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got it. Like I'm good, but that's what happens. Right. And that's the same thing with a course is that people think, well, I bought it. Now I've solved my problem which in reality, we know that that actually isn't the case. That's not true. But people people get to that place in the dip and, and then they're like, oh, this is too hard, I'm out. So what we wanna do is we wanna actually create an experience that controls that dip. That mm-hmm. is what when it becomes, your course becomes impactful because it's not about information. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about content. It is about being able to get them from point A to point B. So with a couple of things that we do, first of all, I'm gonna throw out just like a pro tip or this is like a secret, probably 80% of your content is not needed in your course. Probably 80%. I say, I say that and everybody goes, Oh, why though? Because most of the time we are it's hundred percent is too much always, but most of the time, what we're doing is we're trying to teach them from our point of expertise. We are not looking at where they fall in the, the expert conundrum, right. In in that like actual, um, You know, like you're at a level ten, they're at a level two. They maybe only need to get to a level three. They don't need to be at a level ten. But we we have this need to try and give them everything. And and the other thing is, you know, you you listen to marketing gurus, and they're like, give value, like more is Mm. better. Yeah, people are going to feel like the more they have, the the more value it's going to be, right? Like supersize it. No, like that's not the value. The value is how fast can you get them from point A to point B so they get their problem solved, or they get to that result. It's not about the content or the information you're giving them. So one of the examples I always give,
0: yeah. do you
1: ski? You're in Canada, do you ski? I ski,
0: not yeah, well, yeah. but I <laughs>
1: ski. <laughs> so, so the analogy I always give is, so say you're learning how to downhill ski for the very first time, mm. and you're going up the trail and on the right-hand side of you is someone who is your coach, And, you know, they're coaching you through like, okay, here's how you start. Here's how you stop. Here's how we kind of meander down the mountain. This is what it's going to look like. You're going to go here and you're going to get down to the bottom. Great, right? You have that person, and then on the other side, you have another coach, and this coach is telling you about the history of skiing and how all of your ski equipment works, and all of the amazing resorts that are out there, and why they're all perfect, and blah blah blah, blah and the Olympics in 1981, and how to do moguls, Hakes. how to do mo, like yeah, how to do moguls, how to do all the things, and you get to the top of the mountain off the chairlift, and you are staring you know, down yeah. this cliff, and you're like. I, how am I not going to end up in the hospital? Like, I just need what I need right now to make make sure that I can go from where I am down that Hill without killing myself. Mm. You need to know about the pizza and the French fries. And if you're my skiers, you know what that means, right? Pizza is stop and French fries is go. It's all you really need to know at the moment where you're trying to solve that particular problem. And so often we're like that Mm. coach on the left. Who's like, let me give you all the things. And they're like, I just need to make sure I'm not going to end up in the hospital. And so that's why 80% of the content is not needed at that time. Now, that doesn't mean it's not important and it doesn't need to be somewhere later on, but I will be ready for moguls when I have gotten down and I've gotten some reps and I've gotten some practice, right? I'm not going to be ready for moguls right now. So I don't even need to know that they exist because, well, hopefully you're not on a mogul hill on your very first time going down, right? But, but my point is that's where people start to fall off in your course. Number one is there's too much. I I am like overwhelmed. I don't need to know all the things. I don't need to know the history and the kitchen sink about everything. And we have a tendency to do that because we want to share. We want everybody to know exactly what our thing is. And so that's the very first thing is cut out. Like have one goal
0: yeah.
1: in each of your lessons or your modules, whatever you call them, have one goal that you're trying to help them achieve yep. to get to the next step. Yeah. Help then them they, win, the not the, hose them. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and so, you know, I always say like, get it all out of your head, however you need to do that, post it notes, yeah. you know, some sort yeah. of tool, get it all of your head and then start to simplify, like pull it all away, pull 80% of it out. You don't need it. And, and again, then it's becomes about you. If you want to teach all the things it, then it's about you. And it's not about that person anymore because they, they only need that little slice of it. Yeah. Then the next thing that's super important is when the difference between when you're, with somebody in person teaching or doing one-on-one services, you actually can see their facial expressions. Yes. You can see if they're confused. <laughs> you can see if they're bored. You can see if they're like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. You can see that. When you're creating an online course, you cannot see mm-hmm. that. And so you have to anticipate all of that as you're creating your course. Most of the time, people don't even think about that. And so the the other thing to control the dip is when are they gonna get stuck along the path? When is that going to happen? And then you're like, oh, you know what? I know that this is going to be a hard part. I'm going to put something here that helps them jump over that hurdle. Mm. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to recognize the fact that they jumped over that hurdle. That's going to keep them moving on the path. Mm. That's going to start controlling the dip is because you're anticipating when, because you kind of know intuitively in your process, oh yeah, this is where they usually drop off.
0: Or, like, oh, this is the this hard is, part that they have to. This is when through. it gets hard. Yeah. 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 So what do you what do you do to help them to get through that? The course creators or the learners. How do you help the learners to get through that hard part?
1: Yeah. So that's when you are. That's when you're putting in an an activity that's when you're putting in maybe a coaching call. That's when you're putting in um, some type of communication, right? Like Mm. you can send them an email, you can check in with them, you can give them an assignment, you can give them a worksheet, you can give them some tool. Like a lot of times people will have cheat sheets and tools. It's a great way to you're giving them something to fill out that helps them conceptualize or practice or get an example yes. of that to keep moving. So mm-hmm. there's a million different ways depending upon like, of course, how hands on and how hands off you want to be. But instead of like randomly showing up or having weekly calls in terms of if you're doing kind of a hybrid experience, yeah, make the calls count. When you get to this place, you yes. get to have a call with me. Like that's a huge incentive for somebody to get through that. It It is unlocks something new, right? Like if you get through this, then you and I get to get on a phone call and we're going to walk through it and I'm going to give you feedback, right? So there's a million different ideas based on your appetite for if you want it all automated or if you want to, you know, sprinkle in some time. And again, it goes back to that. When do you want to show up for your people? You want to have those juicy, valuable conversations, not like show up on a call and be like, what what questions does everyone have? And nobody has any questions. And you're like, well, this is going to waste of time.
0: Well, it's funny. I was part of a program and let's say the Wednesday morning, 9am, the content came out and then like three hours later was the call. Well, I hadn't had time to go through mm-hmm. the content at all. So I was like, this is a waste of a call. And I, majority of the people hadn't gone through it all. Um, yeah. And so and that then was they my... end up
1: reteaching it in the call because nobody has any questions. Right. So yeah. they're like, well, let me yeah. give you an,
0: a summary or whatever. That was and my feedback. Like, to the course i'm like you need to give us a few days just to do the content before the call because that call was a waste and then every following call was a little bit of a waste too because the call happened three hours after the content went live mm-hmm. but you're like why are you doing this like do the next week if anything that's how i do mine like yeah. the content comes out, let's say on a Wednesday, the calls a Tuesday, and the next content comes out the Wednesday. So they've got time to work through it time to have problems and time to, to yeah. reach out. So I want to um, we do you do have a gift for everyone here, which is amazing. But um, before we get to that, I just want a quick, just have a, you know, a quick rundown of gamification, because mm-hmm. people think of video games, but they might not understand gamifying a course. Mm-hmm. and they might not be on a platform that allows them to gamify. So they go, oh, well, whatever. So can yeah. you speak to a, lo- a little bit about gamification?
1: Yep, I would love to. So first of all, gamification is just adding game-like elements to your online programs or you know, whatever you're doing. I mean, you can add gamification to anything. It's not actually like you don't have to be a gamer. You don't have to like know the inner workings yeah. of all the tech and how all of the things work in order to do gamification. Good. Um, so I like to say that because I'm not a gamer,
0: no, not uh, it,
1: it, you know? And so I think that people say, well, I'm not a gamer. I don't, I don't know any of that. I'm out. Right. Um, and really all it is, is how are you going to reward and recognize your people for taking action or not taking action throughout your program? And that's really all it is at its essence is you look at the journey of, of somebody who's, you know, they purchase and then they they achieve the result what are the the steps in between that you want to reward and recognize them for taking mm. or maybe maybe not reward them take things away when they're not doing the things that you want them to do oh what um, would you take away <laughs> so you could you could do timed elements and they get they like lose content they lose a template different oh, things oh, like gotcha. that yeah it's it's uh they call it the black hat strategy right so it's you know you've got the positive spin on things and then you have the negative spins but um but so like an example would be if if you like I said before like if you do this thing then you it unlocks the ability for you to maybe buy something like with points or or coins that oh yeah yeah yeah. And so if you don't do something within a certain amount of time, you could take the coins away. You could take the points away. So okay. then it takes them longer yeah. to get to where you want them to go. So something like that. Uh, but again, like those, so there's very simple techniques. And then of course there's the ninja crazy techniques that are out there. Um I won't I won't talk about those necessarily, but it's really When do you want to reward them? You want to reward them for making the commitment to come into your program and solve their problem. You want to reward them for finishing, right? Like, good job, right? I mean, you can go anywhere from an email that says, you're awesome, good job, you did it, to, you know, having an award or having a ceremony or, you know, sending them swag. I mean, there's a million different ways you can recognize them taking action. Super simple to more complex. Mm -hmm. The, the ninja part about this though, is rewarding, meaningful action. One of the things there's a, um, there's a, a, a influencer out there and she literally has a course where she's got like 250 badges. So every single little thing that you do, you get a badge for, well, as you can imagine.
0: you are like, whatever, it, this means nothing.
1: It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean anything yeah. because you're like, oh, I, you know, I filled out this thing. I get a badge. Woo. You know, So meaningful action, which is why it's not really that complicated because you, in your course, you may have like maybe four or five different places where you're recognizing them for meaningful action. And, and so it's really just mapping that out in terms of yeah. when do you want to do that? That's how simple it can be is just really looking at that. Now, of course, there's a million different ways to look at it and make it um, more complicated and automate it and do all the things. But at the, at the core, it's really about you know, naturally, when do you want to show up and give them a pat on the back for doing a good job? Yeah. Right. When when is it important to do that? Yeah. Um, as far as the tech and the the various tools that are out there, one of the the key things that I always teach people is it's not about the tech. Hmm. None of this is about the tech. And if you are in the place where you're trying to find some sort of um tool that fits your needs, please, 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 if nothing else out of today write down what you need before you go out and look for a tool (laughs) and you laugh but i'm serious like people are like in fact it's funny i had somebody in my coaching group the other day who was like yeah i went on absumo and i found a really cool app so i bought it and gave it to my team and i think that they can use it and then my team came back to me and said that Like, why did you buy this? Like, we can't use this. it has nothing to do with what we're building. And I was like, why? Like, but it's the mentality of, ooh, this has cool little bells and whistles. I better get it because it's the next best thing. And then you run around in circles trying to find tech map it out first. Your tech will do what you want it to do if you map it out first and and think about what you need to have happen, then you can find the right tool or you can see how your tool either will do it or not do it so you can make an actual strategic business decision yeah. instead of just getting stuck into the things. So so often people will open up and everybody has done this before. You think about opening up a PowerPoint deck to do a presentation and you go to that white screen and all of a sudden your brain just like like melts you're just like what do I do with this white screen and then you have to build a presentation it's so much harder it, to not like build out kind of how you want to do the structure before you go to that white screen because there's just something about going into a tool before you have a plan it you're just your brain just sort of melts I don't know maybe it's just me but like then what happens is it's sort of this hot mess of stuff because there's no plan ahead of time people forget
0: all the time yeah and if anyone is out there sitting there going, well, I don't know what I need and I don't know how to map it out, that's, what that's we do. something that, yeah, that's something that you can do for them so they don't even have to think about it. They'll just answer a few questions. And mm-hmm. I started my very first course was on one of my pages on my website and I had to upload every week the new video on there for every new course, every new like group of students that went through, I had to upload the next one, upload the next one and have it password protected. And I went from there to other platforms, but I didn't know what I needed until I did it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I mm-hmm. didn't have someone like you to walk me through it. Um, mm-hmm. so it's nice to know that some, you know, you can just one-stop shop here. I, this is what I want to do. This is my passion. Yep. How do I package yep. it? How do I make the course and what do I need? What tech do I need? You probably save people a lot of money by having the right tech the first time. A
1: hundred percent, because you, if you get the foundation right, then everything from the foundation becomes just, you're just putting more, clearing. you know, more yeah. courses into it. You're growing your, your business and you're not like just kind of recreating things every time and trying yeah. to figure out how it all works. And so, yeah, so uh, we really spent some time teaching the foundation and then what are the right tools based on your requirements and, mm-hmm. and just really looking at that and simplifying the process uh, because it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be stressful, sure. but it's getting that kind of the the mechanics, right. Of what, what mm-hmm. that looks like. But, but my, I always say, don't worry about the tech because if you can map out what you want to have happen, then the tech will follow. The tech will show
0: up okay. for you. Awesome. And it will work um, how it is, how it's supposed to. Yeah. That's great. Now I bet my listeners are sitting here going, okay, the gift, what's the gift? So Tara, tell us <laughs> what's the gift. What's the gift? <laughs> yeah.
1: So I have a free training. That's the three biggest mistakes that people make when they're creating their online courses. Oh. Um, and it's sort of the cornerstone of a lot of the things that I've been talking about today. Um, because what I, what, what I don't want people to do, it's like, you're saying like waste the time of, uh, you know, you get, you get people in who are excited about your course don't waste those people right by trying to figure it out with them we yeah. do a beta we want we want to teach the course live to real people to to test everything and make sure it's all dialed in but there's there's a, an approach that gives, gives your people confidence that, so they become your raving fans. They don't, they don't go, well, she's just putting this together on the fly. Right. And so, so that's what that, this, this training gives you sort of looking at those key pieces, the tech being one of them, right? Like I do not make the mistake of spending? Um, I was talking to somebody the other day and, and he was like, in order for me to get this tech stack that this other person was recommending, it was like $700 a month in like, what? you know, 10 different tools. And what? they're just getting started in this space. No, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. That. Like that's bad advice, right? Like you exactly. start simple and then you go, and you know, when you, that, because here, here's the reality, just as like last little point is when you have five, maybe 10 people who are in your program. You can do what you did, right? Like put it up and and yeah. do the thing. But when you want to put a hundred people in, well, even fifty people in, hundred people in, thousand people in, two thousand people in, you've got to have that dialed in and automated.
0: Um, so you're not sending one hundred emails with yep. the login details. You have yep. something that does it for can you.
1: Imagine? Like, <laughs> but that's but that's the but that's the thing is that I think you know, so many times people come to me and they're like, well, I have to give them all their login details and then put them, put their names in the system and then send them any. I'm like, no, no, no. All that's taken care of for you. Your job is to show up and get results for your people. Your job is not to do all these squirrely things.
0: Yeah. So that training helps with that. Great. Well, you gave us your last message here too, which is uh, which I'm seeing is around like, well, first of all, in the show notes, we're going to have the the link so that everyone can go and grab your gift. And that was generous of you. Thank you for that. But yeah, the the thing being that you really have to have some strategy going into this because it's mm-hmm. not just about I want to teach this to people. It's you need to sell this to people. Mm-hmm. So I we could go on for hours and hours. But the fun thing is that right after this, I'm actually going to teach one of my programs that's <laughs> the first time i'm running it so i'm running it live so i'm so happy to hear yeah. that the expert says run it live first because that's what i'm yeah. doing right now yeah. every um, time. so thank you tara for sharing with us your knowledge your expertise and your great stories to give us some examples of how things uh can work for us so you know listeners whether you have courses or you want to be a course builder I really suggest that you check out what Tara has to offer. She's got a couple of websites that will also be in the show notes. So you can see, you know, how you can reach out to her, how you can maybe use her and her team services. Because as I read in her bio, you really want to have sticky, real results-based course experiences for your clients so that you can not only help them with their results, but build your bottom line, right? Mm -hmm. So thanks again, Tara, for being with us here today um for you listeners make sure you hit subscribe share this with a friend who you think needs to build their own course if you haven't yet written a review we'd love to hear it and when you do send us a snapshot a screenshot of it to team at dianerolson.com with your mailing address so we can send you something a little bit special maybe I just gamified that did I Tara (laughs) you did (laughs) there's a reward there's a reward (laughs) Uh, so until next time everyone stay dynamic bye